Hi, I'm James, and this is James Explores the New Mutants, an issue-by-issue exploration of Marvel's comic book series, The New Mutants. Welcome to episode 21, entitled, For Whom the Bear Trolls, in which I'll be examining issue number 19. If you're curious to find out what happened to Danny Moonstar after her run-in with the demon bear, Please stay tuned. So, before we continue, I've got a couple of quick notes. First, the sound you just heard, that is the heartbeat of my unborn baby daughter, Avery Grace. Uh, My girlfriend and I just had our 24-week appointment. I recorded that heartbeat today at the appointment, and I mean, I am just beaming. I am so excited. I can hardly wait. And I really wanted to take that, I wanted to share that with you, the listeners. She is going to, she's going to, she's probably the only thing in my life I'm going to love more than comics. I say that joking, but like, I I can't wait. And I'm so happy. And yeah, I just really wanted to commemorate today and kind of celebrate it in the podcast. I want her to know in the future how 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 unbelievably important she is to me. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Uh, the next note, um, I'm, I got a little bit of a head cold, so I might sound a little bit off. And finally, <clears throat> you probably heard last week, if you listened to the episode, uh, there was an ad. And I'm I'm just... I'm giving it a shot. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna try it through December. See how it goes. Um, see if it's 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 if it's worth it. Uh, I'm just gonna try it. Please, if you've got thoughts, opinions about it, let me know. Um, I'd be. I'm more than happy to hear what you think about it. I I don't know whether I'm gonna continue it past December or not. I'm just gonna see. We're just gonna give it a shot. So please let you know. Let me know what you think. Um, otherwise, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna play an ad and. Uh, stick around and let's let's get into issue number 19 uh please stay tuned welcome back so before we dive into issue 19 uh entitled siege let's talk quickly about the creative team uh it's chris claremont sinkevich orzachewski glinus win and the senti and Jim Shooter. Uh, Zinkevich, he's the artist. He's doing all the art. Uh, there's no inker. Uh, Orzachewski's the letter. Uh, Wins the colorist. Nesenti's the book's editor. And X-Men line editor, basically. Shooter's editor-in-chief. Chris Claremont's the writer on the book. That's not changed from the last issue. So we're going to get some consistency here. Uh, Zinkevich, what's going to change going forward with Zinkevich is he's really going to push the boundaries. He's going to explore what it is, what is possible to do with comics in this medium, with art. And he really pushes the boundaries. And it just gets better and better and better, in my opinion. And uh, it's more surreal and more trippy. And the Demon Bear saga is a perfect example of what his style is capable of. Anyways... I'm really excited about it, if you can't tell. Uh, and I'm going to do something that tonight, today, this episode, that I haven't done in a while. And that is really probably at any point, um, now that I think about it. Uh, and that's a team rundown. 
uh, Sunspot, Roberto da Costa, he's from Brazil. We got Sam Guthrie, he's Cannonball, um, and he's from Kentucky. We have Danny Moonstar, Mage, and she is from Colorado. She's a Cheyenne lady. We have Rain Sinclair, she's from Scotland and has been essentially adopted by Moira McTaggart, um, an X-Men ally, and Magma, uh, Amara Aquila, and she is from Nova Roma, which is uh, deep within the rainforest uh, uh, of the Amazon jungle, and Ileana Rasputin, the kid sister of Colossus, um, also from Russia. And that's pretty much the team. Now, one of these team members has been severely injured in a in, while engaging with this gigantic bear i mean it, a massive bear and uh it it's been stalking her uh, it killed her parents and she was going to go and try to like be done with this threat to her life she was going to confront it and defeat it and in doing so she was critically injured critically injured and that bear was nowhere to be found. Her teammates found Danny Moonstar laying in the snow in the, at the end of the last issue. She was got blood just pouring out of her body. She was extremely, extremely injured. And this issue opens with a, a beautiful splash page. Uh, and it is so dynamic, so much action and just like... Momentum is contained within the splash page. It, you, I, I, when I look at it, it just feels like these. There's three gentlemen, and they're holding the stretcher. And on that stretcher is uh, Danny Moonstar. She is laying prone, obviously, and these men are flying in this double, just smashing in these double doors. They are entering Mid County Medical Center, which is in the town near Salem Center, New York, uh, and. I mean, just from the way it's been, the art is done here, there's like, like motion lines coming off their bodies and from the door that's being pushed open and they're calling, you know, they're scrambling in the door. They're, they're yelling that they need a triage, triage team. It is dire situation. Uh, this young woman, Danny Moonstar, that they're bringing into the hospital is in bad shape and they, they're uh, aware of it. This this quickly leads into the next page, which is all in blacks and pinks and reds. And it's doctors from the emergency room staff, and they're huddled over uh, Danny's body. There's a nurse trying to get her pulse. It's really faint. It's almost not existence. She's having trouble breathing. They've got IVs drips going, and they're trying to get the clothing off of her body. They've put uh, a, you know, they've given her a trach to try to help her breathe um basically doing the breathing for her because she is not breathing on her own and they have to cut the clothing off of her body and as they're doing all this they're going through her injuries right uh they know they need blood so they're going to get donors um and the injuries are just just unreal uh visible compound fractures femur and fibula Skull trauma, possibly concussion, probably fra- fa- fail, flail chest, crushed and suplexed vertebrae, possible abdo- ab- ab- 
abdominal trauma, multiple lacerations, torso and extremities. Uh, the nurse, like I said, can't get um, much of a pulse at all. And they're cut in, you know, they realize it's a miracle that she's alive is what they're saying. The doctors are saying they're, they're shocked that this kid's even alive. They notice there's like some paint on her face, red lines on her forehead, on her cheeks, under her eyes. They think it's probably war paint. Um, we, the readers, know if you read the last issue, you know that she put war paint on before she went out to confront the, the demon bear. Um, they cut the coat off of her, and the doctor just throws it at the wall. And this this is one of my favorite scenes in the whole, th- these first couple of pages, because this this jacket that they've removed from Danny, he tosses, as he tosses it against the wall, it's it's like hits the wall, and I mean... It looks as though it's just saturated in blood, right? There's blood, it looks like, that's just dripping from the coat as it's thrown from the doctor's hand, and it splats against the wall. Like, it looks like blood splatters off the coat. Now, whether that's what happened here, it's like a second skin has been cut from Danny, almost. Um, You know, and there's probably some metaphors here, and we'll try to kind of explore those, but I'm just going to move forward. Um with this story uh, until we get to a stopping point. Um, the doctors take Danny from the medical, uh, from this uh, triage room, right, where, where her teammates had been watching through the window, watching their friend uh, on the table, and the doctors take her, take her out of the room, um, and, you know, Rain is horrified. They're all horrified, they're all watching and they're all horrified. Sam, you can see his, he's got a hat on, a baseball hat, and his eyes are just wide-eyed. He looks in shock. And Rain, she's covering her face. It looks as though she's praying. Her hands are in front of her face. She's, you know, she is praying. Uh, and this scene of these young, these young mutants watching their friend in this uh, triage room is interrupted by a police officer by the name of Tom Corsi. Now, this is the first time we've seen Tom Corsi in a X-Men title, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's, a, he's a police officer, and um, he, he's going to ask them some questions. He's curious what, what's going on. He asks who they are. They all tell him their names. Um, and Ileana, she asks, is, is Danny going to be all right? And he says he doesn't know. Um, he hasn't seen wounds like this, though, on anyone since his time in Vietnam. So if you... Since this book was written, you know, in the 80s, uh, in 84, like, when they talk about... I mean, Vietnam is the war, the big war that America had been in, where so many people, so many Americans could relate to that because they knew someone uh, who had served in that war. And it wasn't, we weren't all that far removed from from our leaving of that war. It was the last big war America had been in for sure. And uh, it had touched many Americans' lives. They'd either watched it on TV or they'd had family members, like I said, in it. Or they themselves had served in it. Um, so it's very much part of America's consciousness. And it's very much in pop culture that that's the war that's referenced. People understood it. Um, and they knew, because they saw it on TV or listened to the radio or heard, read it in the newspapers, they knew 
they had much more of a clear understanding of the violence of war and what it could look like. And so it it pops up like this in, in moments like this, and it's easy to use um, as a quick shorthand. Um, and so he asks him what happened, and, and Sam tells him it looks, you know, from what we can tell, she was mauled by a bear. And he's like, what, here in Westchester County? Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. Um, and Roberto is, is, you know, shoots something. That, you know, he's like, yeah, it's one great practical joke. Very sarcastic. And he, of course, he's like, well, you know, I didn't mean it that way. And Roberto just launches into him and into the, him with this tirade, right? He's upset. He's like, you know, what are you doing harassing us? Go out there and figure out what's going on. You need to track this thing down. You got to stop it. He's like, hey, you know, there's a storm going on. I can't, I got to do my job. And that's to ask you guys questions. Once I get to the questions, then maybe we can think. But with the storm going on, we really, there's not much we can do so, like, the best thing you can do is help me figure out the facts. Um, and a nurse comes into the room because she's heard some yelling. And this is such a great panel because we get a close-up of this nurse's face. And, I mean, it might just be the face and this, like, scene of the hospital from exter- the exterior of the hospital. It just make, it just screams to me. It just screams to me Twin Peaks. I don't know. If you're familiar with David Lynch, he's a he was a... He is uh, a director, and uh, he did Eraserhead and Twin Peaks. He's done some, other, you know, some other very significant movies. But th- this just, to me, this just screams Twin Peaks. It just screams Tim Twin Peaks. Um, and I don't know why. I will try to find this page and make sure we get it up in the Facebook, um, in, in on my Facebook page because. I just want you to see what I'm talking about. It just, for me, that's how it reads very much that way. Um, You know, and the nurse kind of calms the situation. That's what she's here to do. Calm down everyone. She tells them, you know, I understand you go, you know, that you're all kind of upset, but your friend's doing, holding her own right now. She's a real fighter and that's a good sign, you know, and rain hasn't stopped praying since they got to the hospital. Um, and so they kind of get, that kind of gives them a little bit, of, puts them at ease to some degree, right? They get some answers uh, that are not least, they, they have an idea of what's going on. They know she's going to surgery. They know that they're trying to save her and that she's holding her own right now. So that's a good thing, and it puts them at ease, and they begin to answer the questions that he's asking. Like, yes, we go to Xavier's school. Um, and and Sam, he, he just doesn't know what to do, right? So Danny's parents are dead or grandparents passed away. Like, they're the closest thing she's got to family right now, and he can't really go out and just tell the cops that, they're all mutants. They're not supposed to do that. So he just tells them, you know, her parent, she doesn't have family and we're the closest to it that she's got. Um, uh, <clears throat> and that, you know, they're, 
professor, Xavier, he's in Massachusetts. He's supposed to be back tomorrow, but with the storm, because there's just a massive snowstorm going on outside, he just, you know, they don't know if he'll be back. Uh, and so, of course, he tells them, hey, I'll try to get word to him, uh, but you're probably right, through the state pre- police, and then we'll organize a search once first light comes, assuming the storm breaks. That's what they're going to do. That's the best course he can give them for solving the problem, to taking care of the situation that occurred prior to the hospital. So the, they're left with the nurse now. Uh, you know, and she tells him, hey, you know, if if Danny, if everything goes well, she'll be on the table, the operating table for hours and Ileana asks, what are her chances? She, and, and the nurse isn't going to lie to him. She was hurt really bad, and you shouldn't get your hopes up too high. But since you're probably going to stay here the rest of the night, I'm going to try to find some blankets and pillows. And so she, she goes out to do that. And, you know, Roberto is so upset. Like, every time something happens to people he cares about, he feels so vulnerable and so weak. His power is strength-based, right? He draws energy from the sun, which he metabolizes in his body. He becomes a black mass, which is like a sunspot, and he has enormous strength, right, and endurance. Well, that does him no good in the middle of a snowstorm, stuck in a hospital, where his friend is grasping at straws to live, right? She's, She's... at death's door and that strength all that strength will do him no good and so he is what he does in these moments he is angry right and he's mad that it's snowing he's mad that he's stuck at the hospital we should be home you know on the trail that bear that bear is what he thinks and sam's like you know that's a waste of time man we'll never find that critter because he's going to be here. He's, that, that bear is coming here. And, you know, what do you mean? You know, Roberta spins and what do you mean? Stands to reason, ever since we'd known her, Danny had a special fear of a spirit bear. Said She said murdered her parents. None of us really gave the story much credit. After all, who'd believe in magic? Except Ileana, a real witch. And we've fought demons and sorcerers. Maybe Danny wasn't kidding. Right? So Sam's kind of putting things together. And this is really the first time that Sam's had to step up and and take charge. Right? We saw on the way to Massachusetts when they were going to rescue Kitty on the bus ride. Sam had all these concerns. Right? And he held them in. Held them in. Danny was running the show, and he let her do it. And he was concerned that they wouldn't be able to go up against the White Queen. But here he is. He is the sole, He's the oldest, and he is the one that... He was a co-team leader to a certain degree, right? And here he is saying, this is, this is my view of the situation, guys. And, you know, there's good reason to think that I'm not that far off base. He's taking charge of the situation. Um... And he's got more information. He'd talked with Ileana, and she'd told him that that Danny had been training against bears in the danger room. Um, 
and tonight she walked out into the storm, alone, armed with bow and arrow, and wearing war paint, and got mauled. And he's like, we were wrong to doubt her. We should have listened. We should have seen the signs. I figure she's faced her nightmare before beast, but somehow, heaven knows why, it didn't kill her. And he thinks it's going to try again. So she's, she's in the ideal place right now, right, at the hospital. And so their job is to stay here as the new mutants. And that they're the only hope she's got. And, right, so he, he's brought the costumes with him. He dumps them out of a duffel bag. And, and it's going to be the new mutants. They're going to stand their ground here. They're going to stay at the hospital. And they're going to they're protect their, their teammate, their fallen teammate. So as I said, Sam is going to take charge. And he has got a plan. He, he, he's going to get Roberto uh, moving uh, to a certain degree positively. And he, he has Roberto hold the door tight. He, he doesn't want anybody to come in. And R- Roberto, obviously... He's going to do this. He's like, as long as I'm in my son's spot form, no one will enter this. You know, I won't let anyone enter this room. And, you know, he's really dramatic about it. So Roberto, right? And he's he's just, you know, full force, full strength. Nobody's entering this room. Sam's like, it's we're not worried about the Hulk coming in. Just keep the nurse out. But it... it occupies Roberto, keeps him in a better headspace, right? He's doing something constructive. The next step, he asks Rain to transform to her uh, transitional form so that she can communicate with them. But using her psychic rapport, she'll be able to communicate with Danny. And they need to get some answers from her. And, you know, and so Rain does so. And she... She reaches out through this rapport that she has with Danny, and yeah, you know, they're, they're, she's able to contact Danny. The images are super blurry, and it's really hard for Rain to understand because they've put given uh, Danny some anesthetic, um, right? And the doctors are working on on her. She, she's in the in the middle of an operating room on on a on a metal table, you know, going through surgery. I, I probably exaggerate the metal tail table, but anyways. She begins asking Danny, Rain asks Danny these questions. And, you know, doing this begins to pull Danny out of, uh, begins to cause her to wake up while she's on the operating table. And the doctors, they administer more anesthetic to to keep her asleep. Because if she wakes up, you know, she'll probably die. Um, She's got a broken back. They're suggesting the doctors are suggesting at this point that that she might be paralyzed when she wakes up when she regains consciousness if she survives this she'll be paralyzed you know and you know her heart rate's increasing like it's it's bad and rain reacts to this she she lets go she lets she you know she lets go of danny's thoughts she gets out of her head you know, and and tells them, you know, she's Danny's dying, and believes it's her fault. And 
Sam's like, no, you know, I'm the one who asked you to do it. It's not your fault. If it's anyone's fault, it's mine. And he's like, what did you find out? And and she she transforms back to her human form, and, and she tells him, you know, like, the thing that Danny really wanted me to know was that the bear was deathly afraid of her. It, she was its greatest fear. And he's like, why? Because... Rain's like, she possesses the power to destroy the bear. And Amara's like, well, why didn't she use it? And she's like, I don't know. You know, she tells Amara, I don't know. You know, I wasn't able to ask her that. I had to break contact before I could get that answer. And it's, you know, it's too dangerous to ask her. It could kill her. You know, and she's like, Rain is not sure what they can do. How can they fight such a creature? You know, it's magic. And this is probably one of the best see panels in the comic we've got some great facial expressions you know sam he looks like he's in thought he's kind of remorseful kind of like i don't want to say indecisive he just looks in thought rain she's really shaken from her experience she's you know got her arms wrapped around her shoulders she's very closed off she's got tears running down her face amara's like all about business she's getting ready to to mix it up she's she's got her costume on and roberto's still standing at the door holding it shut and Ileana's separated from the team she's back uh in the background where she's been for some time and something that's important i think to notice about Ileana is she has blonde hair long blonde hair she has this white coat that she's been wearing in these last ish couple issues um it's like one of those fur coats kind of is what what it reminds me of it's like just you know a a jacket that's got fur, essentially fur, like fur on it, a fur coat. And it looks like blue jeans, but they could be white pants as well. Well, you see those highlights in this panel. You see the blonde hair and we see the highlights of the edge of the white jacket, but the center of her and her face is it, it's lost in shadow. And this is not the first time we've seen Zinkevich do it, but it's really prominent here. And there's a darkness behind Ileana and you know kind of just enveloped her body and we're seeing these white highlights that are very much represent like this exterior self right she puts these clothes on she she looks this way to to fill to provide the people she cares with cares about the image of her that they want to see right so like for her brother she is the little snowflake for her friends she is a blonde high school kid right for uh whoever she is always something that they want her to be but who she really is is always hidden underneath those layers and we're seeing that portrayed very directly here on this panel i hope to be able to throw this up in my uh facebook page as well so Ileana's like, you know, she voices it. She finally speaks up, you know, and and to answer to Rain's concern that this bears magic, saying, yeah, I'm magic too. And when you want to be Rain, you can be fearsome. You can, you know, be a beast. And together we can, like, fight this this monster. It's the only choice that we've got. And, you know, they agree, you know. They've got to protect their friend. They've got to try to help. Danny, they've got to save her, and it's their responsibility. Um, and so that's what they're going to do. They're going to take on the demon bear. They're here to protect Danny. Meanwhile, 
deep in space aboard the Star Jammer. There's a distress signal. Uh, something has appeared on the kit scanner and uh, binary wakes the crew. Uh, Kozar and, and the team discuss what is what they've witnessed. And it flies both these these hits that appeared on the radar. Uh, it, it They're gone. They they fly both fly past and are gone in almost instantaneous. And they figure out that it's that these things are headed towards the Earth, and they know that that's where their families are, uh, the X Men, um, everyone they care about, Kozar's children, right, Havoc and Scott, they're all on Earth, and they want to warn them, but one they can't pursue them they're too slow they'll never catch up they'll, they could get they could find them they could follow them but they'll never catch them uh two they could they can't create a wormhole or a a, a portal to f- teleport uh, basically teleport to earth uh, they could do that but by the time they created a portal that was big enough to for the star jam or the ship to go through the the creatures would already be to earth uh they'd be too late and any message that they could send via subspace messenger uh it would arrive too late so all they can do is wait and see what happens um for anyone that's unaware of what these things are uh they they would be warlock and his father magus they're headed towards earth and we don't know that but based on you know we haven't seen that that's not told to us on this on the in in this moment but we did see them appear in the last issue momentarily, briefly. And here's another glimpse at it as they fly past the Starjammer to Earth. Elsewhere on Earth, the storm appears to have let up. Uh, it's been three hours since Danny was admitted to the hospital and the surgeons have hardly started working. And we see that Rain, in her transitional wolf form, has gone to to check on Danny. She peers in through a window and and she see what she sees uh, she's horrified by. They've been cutting into Danny so much. She doesn't think it's medicine. Instead, she just considers it to be butchery. And if they continue at this rate, there'll be nothing left of Danny, she fears. Um and she begins to think that maybe it'd been better if Danny had died. And and she quickly pushes this thought away, telling herself, no, you know, that's not, she shouldn't think like that. Danny hasn't given up yet. She's still fighting. And if that's, she's using all her strength, so should Rain. And she's interrupted in these thoughts by Officer Corsi, who yells, hey, he, he you know, tells her to freeze. And Rain takes off running, still in her transitional form. She She thinks to herself, she can't be caught like this. And he chases after her. She darts into a closet where she changes back into rain. Um, and he, he is startled by this. He is just shocked. He's wide-eyed. He's terrified, right? Because he almost shot her. You know, she tells him she couldn't sleep. She was worried about a friend. She wanted to come and check on him. He's like, you shouldn't have run from me. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm, you know, we need to get you back to bed. And he he reminds her, hey, you know, in cases like this, no news is good news. In the meantime, he's thinking, you know, like with the lights this low, I'm so tired. That was a big mistake. I almost shot this kid. 
I thought it was a monster. I, I don't even know what I'm thinking anymore. And so he takes her back and, and gets her to back to the room with the, her, her friends and, and has her go to sleep. He then heads out to the nurse's station and he talks to Sharon, who is the nurse who'd come into the room earlier when she heard the yelling, right? The one that, whose face made me think of uh, her facial expression, the way it was drawn made me think of uh, Twin Peaks. That nurse, her name is Sharon Freelander, and he is basically flirting with her. Uh, and and that's kind of where we're left off. And we, we see, also I want to point out on this page, there is also a Alfred Hitchcock cameo for some reason. Uh, it's great, wonderful. He's kind of a monster himself, so maybe that's partly why. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, at the very bottom of the, pl- the page, uh, as Tom Corsi and Sharon Freeland are, are are flirting with one another, we see the demon bear approaching, right? The shadow of its mouth on the wall behind them. And it's letting out a low roar. And it, and Tom, he's says, Sharon, quiet. Did you hear something? It sounded like a growl. Tom, oh my God. And then they yell out, yell out, let out screams. The shots are fired, and it wakes up the new mutants. And I just want to talk about this this panel, right? Because it is stunning. It is white fangs above two heads that are really not anything but red, whites, and blacks, and. It's stunningly beautiful. It is. I'm definitely gonna find this and put it up in the, uh, the the on the Facebook page because it's something I think everybody's gonna see. It's just wonderful how the bears' fangs appear above their heads and they are basically look as though they're all part of one big mass, and that's gonna become important later on. Like I said, the gunshots, the firing wakes the new mutants, and they come running out. Uh, to where they heard the shots, and Sam points his toe over by the nurse's station, and they smell something really disgusting. It's the same scent they found around Danny, uh, and they figure the bear has come to the hospital. So as Sam and Amara and Rain try to figure out what happened and why, I mean, they know the bear's there, and they realize that Roberto and Ileana are at the operating room. They're they're on guard there, and they got to warn them of what they've found. Uh, Roberto's looking through the window into the room, and he's he's telling he's thinking to himself, and he's in pain. He's thinking to himself, he can't bear to lose Danny. He wants her to live, as he doesn't want to lose her like he lost to his beloved Juliana. And this is the first time we've seen anything from Roberto that came close to the admiration or attraction that Danny felt for him. And this is quickly brushed aside as we get focus on Ileana. She begins casting a spell. She tells 
Roberta to step away from the door so she can cast a ward. And she's conjuring a spell that's going to take part of her soul to create a barrier, a protective barrier around the surgery, right? It's part of her. So if anything strikes it, she'll feel it. And it'll keep the monster, this demon bear, at bay. When she's done with the task, she collapses down into Roberto's arms. And she needs a minute, and he and he tells her, you know, that was really impressive. You know, in this moment, she is just pure. When she was casting the spell, she was just this pure white energy. Very, very, very powerful and magical and mystical and he Roberto hopes it works well this scene of kindness between the two that is really a rare thing is interrupted by the arrival of the demon bear and Roberto just he's transforms into sunspot form and he launches he dives at the bear he's gonna just take it out um and she, she, Ileana warns him, you know, watch yourself, be careful, you're not invulnerable, you're strong, but you're not invulnerable, and the bear just swats him away, and then swings at Ileana, he, he and rips, use, its claws strike her shoulder, ripping apart the costume, and underneath we see uh, m- m- metallic parts forming on her arm, um, and she doesn't know what's going on, uh, she's never seen anything like this before. Um, she's shocked. She's shocked uh, to see this. She dives, uh, lunges at the at the bear and, and jams her sword into its belly. And she says, Scream, monster, scream! I hope I hurt you! As it begin, And it begins to fade away and disappear. Uh, the other three teammates, Amara, Danny, or Amara... Uh, Rain and Cannonball arrive and they, you know, asking if they're all right. Um, And, you know, Roberta's like, hey, I'm okay. We got lucky. I got lucky. And then all of a sudden the lights are out. Um, The generators, the backup generators kick on and the doctors are like, the phone lines are down. You know, we, we, I can't get anybody out at the nurse's station. You know, what's going on? And the other one's like, hey, we just got to focus here. We need to get this. We need to take care of this. Well, we still got power. Um, outside, the power lines have been cut. And, you know, Sam figures it's probably the demon bear. It wasn't the weather. This is the demon bear. Uh, and so he has Roberto and him stay at the operating room while the girls head down to the generator to protect that. Um, and the girls are, Ileana casts another, uh, another ward around the generator to prevent the demon bear from doing damage to it. And, you know, as they're trying to decide, you know, you know, you know, they're making sense of the situation. The demon bear attacks again, but this time upstairs again at the operating room, he's and swats and hits the barrier that Ileana's ward that has been protecting it. And because it's comes from her life force, since this protective barrier is generated from her part of her soul. It's part of her, and when she when it strikes this barrier, she feels the full force of its attack and drops down in pain. Rain asks if they should go to Bobby and Sam's aid, and Amara's like, "No, we got to stay here. We've got to help Ileana, you know, even if she's wounded." And suddenly, the demon bear teleports itself, cannonball, and 
and Bobby down to the basement at the generator and begins attacking everyone, just swinging at them to knock them away. He pushes Roberto against the wall, throwing him against the wall. Magma throws a fire bolt, a uh, molten lava bolt at him. It does nothing. It swings at Eliana, ripping open her back, and we see more of this metallic armor. And she goes to try to attack the demon bear, which is now focusing its attention on the on her uh, on the generator and pounding into the ward. It's weakening Ileana's ward, uh, and she she's gonna lunge to attack this demon bear, but it, it swats her and Rain away, um, and everyone is stunned at what is happening here and they're gathering to to try to attack it again and Ileana says it's casting a spell and Sam informs her you know this is exactly what it did upstairs with Bobby and I this is what it looked like just before it teleported us to you guys and Magma's like, you know, Ileana, do something. You're the sorceress. You're the one who's got magic. You've got to stop this. Ileana says she doesn't know how. And in a moment later, um, the proper order of things has been turned upside down, inside out, followed by blessed oblivion. And what we see <clears throat> is a beautiful splash page. The new mutants have been teleported with the demon bear and this massive bear, which is pretty much like darkness. We can see through it. We can see the horizon line behind it. It's a very, it's a desert, Arizona desert landscape, right? Uh, A western, right? And the hot sun radiates behind it. And through the demon bear, we see night, right? Night and day. The, The darkness is what the the bear represents and we see the horizon as i said through the bear and inside of this darkness inside this bear we see sharon friedlander and tom corsi held prisoner and inside a bubble we see danny's operating room her at the table and the doctors fighting to save her life and they don't know what's going on and Ileana tells Sam, it's simple, Sam. The bear couldn't beat us on our turf, so he teleported us to his. And so here we are. The bear has teleported the new mutants, captured Tom Corsi and Sharon Freelander, and holds Danny in her protective sphere that is basically held in protection Due to Ileana. And this is where issue 19 closes. The next issue, issue number 20, will conclude the Demon Bear saga. Uh, this this issue, the, the 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 covers of these issues are brilliant. They're they're also Bill Sienkiewicz. He does this book cover to cover. He does it all, except for the ads. Um, and his work is stunning. Absolutely stunning. Uh, like I said, check out the Facebook page uh, and and see some of his artwork. If you if you're not familiar with it, if you if you haven't seen these issues, again, these issues are readily available. You can find them in collected bound sets. Uh, I highly recommend 
if Marvel, like like I said, if Disney ever releases Fox's uh, vision of the Demon Bear saga to the theaters, this is a must read, in my opinion, before you see the movie. The movie, it looks interesting, but I don't think, in my personal opinion, it's going to hold a candle to this book, to these issues. It, the story is fantastic. It is absolutely abstract, and you can take the images and interpret them to mean other things, which is, in in so many ways, what the New Mutants is. It's an allegory for... Mutation is an allegory for what it's like to be a teenager, right? To go through all the changes of puberty. The New Mutants is basically the life of a teenager put into a superhero comic. And it's it's stunning. Uh, it's really, really wonderful stuff, in my opinion. And I highly, highly recommend, if you haven't read it, please do so. It is so worth it. Um, anyways... Yeah, this is issue, the end of issue 19, and we're going to jump into issue number 20, and like I said, we'll conclude the Demon Bear Saga next week. James Explores the New Mutants is, as always, recorded in Iowa City, Iowa, and is produced by myself using the Anchor app. New episodes are published every Wednesday and can be found wherever podcasts are available. You can reach the podcast on Twitter at Explore New Mutant via email at explorethenewmutants at gmail.com. Visual companions to episodes are available on Facebook and can be found by searching James Explores the New Mutants. A good way to contact the podcast is via the Anchor Messenger feature. It allows you, the listeners, to contact me by recording one-minute-long segments that I can then play directly in the episodes. It's a great way for you to get involved, and I highly encourage it. So, until next time, keep, listen, keep reading those comics.